0: Jessie Seneca is a national speaker, an author, a leadership trainer, and the founder of More of Him Ministries, and she leads a leadership conference. She has a passion to help women experience God's word for themselves, as she encourages you to move into a wholehearted lifestyle, one devoted fully to God. She lives in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania with her husband, John. They have two daughters and two wonderful sons-in-law. And she's enjoying being a Mimi. Most days you can find Jessie walking her two golden doodles, Bella and Murphy. And you can visit her at www.moreofhimministries.org. And I'm going to let you, her tell you more about herself, the amazing things she's doing for the kingdom. So welcome, Jessie. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Angela. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be with you today. Oh, it's so great to have you. And we kind of have some mutual friends and we're both a part of the Exceptional Keynote Speakers website, which is how we met. Um, but but I would love to just let you tell our listeners more about you, where you're from, just kind of all the fun things. Okay,
1: sure. Well, I uh, live in
0: the Northeast in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania,
1: and I'm—I'll be married 35 years uh, come this October. I've got two grown daughters, uh, a, a little grandbaby boy who just turned a year old, and another, my other daughter is expecting her first. So, we're getting excited about having boys since we've always been around girls. Um, so it's—it's it's a lot of fun, and you know, Angela, they say. Uh, you should be a grandmother before you're a mother, and I agree with that. It's <laughs> so much fun. It's so much fun. I love it. Um, and so I, God called me into a ministry ten years ago. We're we're uh, just enjoying the anniversary of of our ministry, More of Him Ministries, and it's just been so fun to watch God work uh, through these years of where He's led us into. The different uh, ministries of leadership conferences, of speaking, of writing, and just following God each step of the way, you know, not really knowing what it was going to look like when I Mm -hmm. took that step of faith to start the ministry of more of him ministries. And now when you get to look back over 10 years and and God wows you, you know, with what he's allowed in your life, it's just been a lot of Um, fun hard work and perseverance but it's been so worth
0: it now more of him ministries were you already writing i know you've authored five books did you write before you started the ministry or kind of how did that come into being yeah well thanks for asking that actually i had no
1: intention on writing um I had felt like the Lord called me to a full-time ministry. I had been um, sick as a young mom. I was 27 years old and I had come down with a disease called Cushing syndrome. And it's when you have too much cortisol in your body and it just wreaks havoc on you physically, emotionally, and, you know, even spiritually as as the emotions, you know, kind of fly around. But um, as a young mom, I had ended up in the hospital for almost five months. And most of that time was in a psychiatric facility until they got me to the University of Virginia, where they found that I had a tumor on my left lung that was producing the the same um, hormone that the adrenals put out uh, that come from your pituitary and it's called cortisol. Now you need cortisol to live, but when you have too much, it's like being on a steroid. You've got all this energy bottled Mm -hmm. up and you don't know what to do with it. But on the other hand, you're depressed. And so it's it's an odd combination, uh, but the physical part of it is what wreaks havoc on you. I had a moon face. I had hair growth, I had acne all over my face, my body, I had sugar diabetes, a large hump on the back of my back, and just thickness in my stomach and the will to live was not there. And initially, they thought I had a pituitary tumor, which that's where most patients have their tumors. And they did the brain surgery there, and it was never there. And so that's when they found that I was, um, they call it Cushing syndrome, which means it's ectopic, it's off of the pituitary. And so that began many, many years, almost 20 years of dealing in and out with a disease. Uh, I had multiple lung surgeries with the The last one being a full lung removal, and then about eleven years ago now, um, I had my last surgery of a tumor in my chest cavity, which they removed, and I have been free of the disease for almost eleven years now, and so it's just been crazy. You know, I got the onset of it when my daughter was twenty, or it was when she was born, six months after she was born, and she just turned twenty-eight, and so that's you know how many years. We had been dealing with it. And um, it's just what happened was, Angela, when I was in the one psychiatric facility, one of the um, counselors there, it was a Christian section to a secular psychiatric floor and one of the Christian counselors there believed my husband that there was something physically happening to be causing the emotional state and she would just come in and pray over me and say Jesse one day God's going to use all of this you know for his glory and in the state I was in I couldn't comprehend all of that. I I couldn't concentrate, I couldn't think, I couldn't read. Basically, the only thing I could say was, Jesus, I love you. And that was it. But doesn't it say in God's word that all you need is the faith of a mustard seed? And so I was at a Christian conference. You remember Women of Faith? Yeah, yes. It was the first year of Women of Faith. I believe it was 1996. And I was sitting in the audience And I felt like God was saying to me, to my spirit, that I was going to be speaking. And Mm -hmm. all of what that counselor prayed over me in 1993 felt like it rushed back in. And I didn't really understand what it was all going to look like. I didn't even know the Christian lingo of a calling. All I knew was that I felt like God was saying, you're going to share your story. And so I just kept praying And it took 12 and a half years for Mm. God to open the door to what I thought he had called me to. Now, that didn't mean that I didn't do anything in that 12 and a half years. You know, I won't go into the resume, but I started a neighborhood Bible study. I was a homeroom mom. I, you know, worked in a ministry before I started more of him ministries. And God prepared each step of the way for when he finally opened the door to what I thought he was calling me to. And honestly, Angela, if he would have opened it sooner, it would have been a train wreck Mm -hmm. because I wasn't prepared and ready. And that's what I want to say to someone maybe who's listening today is what do we do in the wait? You know, as we wait for God, he can draw us closer to him in the way, some of it might seem like an obstacle or, you know, that he's not moving fast enough, but God loves to move through obstacles because when we move out of the way and we allow him to do the work, it's his power in us, right? Mm -hmm. It tells us that in Colossians chapter one, verse 27 and 29, like it is him in us, the hope of glory, and it is his power working through us. And that's when he works his best Mm -hmm. through our obstacles, through our inadequacies you know when we allow him to be the guide and and so if we can just prepare and what I mean by prepare study his word seek him every day meet with him in that secret place so he can prepare us for when he does open the way for us Mm. to take that step
0: I love that as you were talking I was actually thinking I want I wonder what she did in the wait (laughs) And then you said, let me share, because I think the, what I call the waiting room of God, it can be one of the most trying and, and challenging times. But like you said, it can also be one of the most fruitful and necessary times all throughout scripture. We see preparation periods before these times of of God using people mightily, whether it's Esther, John the Baptist, Paul, Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why we have such a hard time, right, with waiting. Or pre- I think it feels like nothing is happening, even though really in the spiritual world, there's so much taking place and within us practically and physically. Um, have you? I'm sure you found that to be true in your own life.
1: Oh, yeah, there's so many times, and, and I have done it, where I've stepped ahead of God, mm. you know, and not waited and thought, well, my way, I think I should go this way. So I'm going to try and step out. And, you know, God says no sometimes to us. And he says, wait, mm. um, or not yet. And, and really I have come to appreciate that and I and I felt like I even came to appreciate it in the weight because I would see small glimpses of of what I thought he was doing and where he was calling me and each one of those small glimpses gave me a hope and, and I remember this Angela so well I remember at about year 12 when you know things weren't going the way I thought they should and I just said you know God, I need some encouragement. Hmm. Could you just send someone my way? Like, I'm not going to give you a time frame, God, but maybe in the next couple of weeks, just, you know, encourage me. Well, you know, God did. And he had a pastor's wife call me. I had written a small article for a newsletter and she had seen this article and she called me and she said, Jesse, we would like for you to come share at the pastor's conference with the pastor's wives. And would you do that? And I and I I didn't really have to even pray about it, although I did. But honestly, I had been praying so much about it for 12 mm. years, you know, that I felt like I knew when God opened that door. But I said this to God, I was like, really, God? Pastor's wives? Mm. I just wanted like a 15-minute devotional at a mops group, you know, <laughs> I think you're starting a little too big, and it actually went really well. I mean, they were very gracious, and um, I loved my time with them. But I, I, I felt like I was watching God work. And you know, years before that, probably ten years before that, I was, you know, again praying, God, you know, hey, Mom's the, the Mother's Day's coming up. Right. And they have a mother's day event at our church. I've got a story. Why is it my church asking me right mm-hmm. to share? And I was waiting for my daughter um, to come from school. And I remember just listening to a song and felt like the Lord said to me in my spirit, would you be willing to talk to one person?
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: doesn't have to be a multitude of people, just one person and you know, Angela, it was a couple of weeks after that, our new pastor had come to me and it said, Jesse, I have this young mom who was a little bit younger than I was. And she, he said, I'd like you to mentor her. And at that point, I knew that God's hand was upon my life. And I then began to trust him with what the outcome was going to look like. Now, that didn't mean that I wasn't going to be obedient with each step of the way that he asked me to do something. Because I truly believe that when you are obedient to what God calls you in that moment, right, in that day, and maybe a mom is listening and you feel like God's put a ministry on your heart, but your main ministry right now is being a mom. And for me, God opened the door wide for me when my girls both left for college. And I think I need to answer your first question, Angela, about writing. Oh, you're writing. fine. I'm <laughs> loving hearing everything you're saying. It's, it's wonderful. So I had started the ministry in 2010 in that summer. And in that fall was when my girls both left for college. Hmm. And I felt like God um, was laying the groundwork to start to write. And I honestly thought it was going to be my testimony, like a testimonial book, but it was a Bible study on the book of Colossians. And I took, you know, eight, my goal was by the time they came home from college for the summer that I would pretty much be done with the research and the writing of it. And that that was my goal and that's what happened. And then we continued to work on it. And it, it was published in that, that fall. But it was a lot of work, but God had opened that door and he had planned for it before the foundations of the earth, right? He planned for it and all he was asking me to do was to walk in what he had called me to do. And I didn't know what it was going to look like as far as I didn't have a publisher, I didn't have an editor, I had nothing. I just kept writing. Every day I'd get up, I'd write, I'd write, Mm. I'd write. And I would just do the research And I knew if I was obedient to what God was calling me to do with the step that was in front of me, that he would take care of the outcome. Mm -hmm. And I have seen that throughout my entire life, just to be obedient with the next step.
0: And back up for just a second. I'm curious. So you had been experiencing Cushing syndrome. Your girls were younger. So that's a pretty long window of time until what, 2010, when you started the ministry, So looking back now, what's at least one way you can see God was preparing you through a pretty dark season with, with Cushing syndrome, with hospitalized for five months. How did you see that frame where God was going to eventually take you to 2010?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think part of it was it helped me to have more empathy on people and more empathy with women and just know that we don't always know the bigger picture. Even like what we've been experiencing with walking through COVID-19, like we ha- we don't know the big picture, God does. And we have to trust him with the outcome and how he's handling it and, and how we're taking each step of the way, right? To get to the end of this. But as I look back, one of the things that I always said to God as I would go through each stage of that disease, of each surgery, I would always say to God, I just want to be the best learner I can be Mm. through what you're taking me through. So show me, God, Now there were times, Angela, like I'm not going to lie to you you know I, i'm i'm gonna be honest there were days i just wanted to crawl up in a ball right and and just say i'm done with this but and then i think you can do that at times like you can have those moments sure. because if you didn't have those moments you wouldn't be human right right but at some point you have to arise and god told so many people in scripture arise go. Now it's your time to go. And so have those moments, but know that God wants you to arise and and make something out of, I guess, the mess. Mm -hmm. You know, he makes a message, right? We've all heard that out of a mess. And I look back and I can see how God's hand was upon it, all that he taught me. And what he wanted me to take into the next stages of life was to help women understand the passionate love that Jesus has for them. Mm. Because when the rubber met the road with my disease, it was all about knowing God's word. Mm. And that's when God really got a hold of me of getting into his word on a daily basis and making that the importance important part of my day and I tell leaders this all the time like the most important bullet point on your agenda is your quiet secret time with God because so many times we get you know set on what we're planning and organizing and implementing that that can overtake our time with God and we can't allow that to happen and and in that season of darkness God was calling me into a deeper relationship with Him. And how important that is. And no matter when women, I mean, my main ministry is to women, but no matter when they hear me speak, Angela, I will always tell them the importance of getting into God's word, because that's where transformation happens. And that's where preparation happens. And so my goal as I teach and I share with women is to help them understand that they can have a walking relationship with God 365 Hmm. and the difference that that makes and they can get into the word for themselves and hear from God as they read his word and it makes a difference in their day. So I think that's what was the biggest thing for me as I learned through all of it, the importance of God's word, because there's sometimes you're not going to have the Bible with you. And as you start to learn God's word and make it a part of who you are and memorize some of those scriptures, as you lay on those beds or as you walk, you know, down a dark corridor or whatever it might be, those scriptures can flood back into you and give you encouragement and know that he is right there with you, walking beside you, going before you, hemming in behind you and just Mm -hmm. guiding you. And it makes it, Easier. I'm not going to say it's totally easy because it's not, but it helps you be able to take that next step. Well,
0: and I love that you you kind of mentioned two different postures that you took during that time. And, and one was this posture of learning. You basically said to the Lord, what helped me keep pressing into learning more about you, your word. I think that's such a necessary step for all of us instead of just kind of throwing the, the temper tantrum we want to throw when things are so frustrating like what you said we've experienced with COVID 19 to say okay god what is it you're trying to do what do you want me to learn from it and then your other posture you mentioned was then arising you know we're not going to always stay in that waiting period or in that even resting period or learning period then there's a time of okay now let's put into action what you what what you've learned during that season i think that's so critical as as women and and leaders and I know that you really have several ways you've chosen to make your life matter for the kingdom. So I want to just talk about that. I know your passion is to help women grow in God's word and, and your the books you've authored, if you want to mention a couple of those. And talk a little bit about She Leads and, and the ministry of that as well. Yes, thank you. Um, well, I have written, you know,
1: some books and some of them have, well, not some, all of them have just been what I'm passionate about. I wrote two Bible studies um, on Colossians and then on the man, Joseph, you know, in the old Testament and what a better time to study Joseph. We're doing an online Bible study right now with that. And he was secluded so much and quarantined so much. And what he did in that quarantine and in that, um, time of seclusion and how God prepared him for when, you know, Pharaoh was going to rise, you know, raise him up to be second in command. Anyway, I could go off and off, you know, on That's Joseph. That's
0: so good though. What, what good insight. What's the name of that one? I have the names here. So what's the name of that one? That one's
1: just Joseph, A Life of uh, Resilience, uh, Respect, and Rejection. Wow. And so yeah, just the different aspects of of Joseph, and then I wrote a Bible or um, a book on my testimony called Road Trip, and then um, I wrote one on uh, it's called Raising Girls Diaper to Diamonds. And really, what I wanted to do with that book was just pour into the next generation of moms and and teach them, you know, what God taught me through um, bringing up girls and encouraging moms. I, I have such a heart for that younger generation. And then uh, my newest book is a devotional called The 52 Promises of God. And you can do it in 52 weeks, one a week, or you can do one a day and do it in 52 days. But I know you were talking about leadership. And the conference that we hold is called She Leads. And it's a leadership to help motivate, equip, um, and instruct and encourage women in the roles that God has called them to. And so one of the books that I have written is called Abound. Um, a call to servant leadership. And I have loved that book because it's been the heartbeat of our ministry with She Leads and just helping women know their call. And it's only four chapters, but it's more like it's it's, a, it's double fold, two fold. It's a book and it's also a workbook. So they could just read the four chapters or they could do the four, read the four chapters and do the, the homework that goes along with it. And of course, you get the most out of it. By doing the work and also doing it as a team as you you hear the call on your life what your walk looks like how to build a team and then how to take the leap and take that step because there's a lot of women that have been called to something and probably just like you and I like like Joshua said I have never gone this way before mm-hmm. God, I've never gone this way before but what does God tell him he said prepare yourself For tomorrow, I'm going to do great things. Mm. And so that's what I want to encourage women. Even though you've not gone this way before, just follow what God's calling you to do. And so many times with my leadership team of She Leads, I say, Ladies, I, I'm not quite sure what we're doing, but as long as we're following God, he's going to open the door. He's going to make the way. And when we we started the She Leads Conference, uh, we're in our ninth year. Mm-hmm. And it's just a time where women come together and they get to choose from breakout sessions that they want to go to. We typically have between 10 and 15 topics that they can choose from on that day. We have a couple of keynote times. And it's really, you know, a, a conference that we encourage women to bring their teams to. And then after it's over, they get together and they share what they've learned in each of their sessions and, you know, just equip them to go out and, and do what God's called them to do.
0: And I know your plans are to have one in September. We're believing all of this is going to be gone in Jesus name by then. And I know you have a brand new book coming out. So I want to talk about that in just a second, but to speak to abound, I wrote that down. I want to get a copy of that for myself and for my women that I help mentor. And what do you find, especially now women are really experiencing more stress in this time in our lives. A lot of our children are back home. You know, they're trying to teach from home. They're trying to be innovative. Like you said, we're all doing things in ways we've never done it before, so whether it's women as leaders or moms or maybe one of each what what do you find one of the greatest challenges women are facing and how would you address that
1: Wow that's a loaded question
0: <laughs> Sorry I'm putting you on the spot but it's no, here no, it. that's so so I'm just I guess selfishly I want to know what you think
1: Well you know we are in tough a tough situation especially with the whole COVID-19 and uh, mom's being home, working at the same time, helping with school, keeping the house running, right? It's, 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 it is it's a tough time. Uh, the one thing that I think that they need to stay committed to is to carve out a little bit of time to be with the Lord. Because if you don't do that, your day's going to be much more stressful. Mm. And it doesn't even have to be a large period of time, it can just be five to 10 minutes in the morning where you're just taking in a devotional or a portion of scripture and letting God just wash over you. So you can think on that throughout the day, because as you look at, if you look at your full day, you know, we're kind of, even, even without COVID-19, psychologists have called it what women today in this generation have is the hurried woman syndrome Mm. and we're doing so many different things and it's hard to do them all well it's really hard that's good and and so I think just finding some quiet time um, even if it's right before you get out of bed or right when you get out of the shower just stopping praying and asking God to to guide you through the day. And even if it's just concentrating on, let's just make it specific, one of the fruit of the spirit, you know, of love. Lord, teach me more about love today. Help me to love others in view of eternity in my day, even if it's just my family right in front of me. And so I think that's that's really important. the other thing is, I think you have to embrace the testing. Hmm. Now, you know, in... James one, it tells us to consider all joy, right? When we fall, right? And we have all these um, trials that come our way and the testing happens because it's to strengthen our faith and give us perseverance and endurance. Mm. And I think the main thing about finding joy in those trials is just embracing the test. So if we can embrace that test and know that it's for a period of time and we will come out of it. You know, Angela, you've probably heard this before. um, And and kind of the meaning behind the testing of that is, is thinking about a silversmith. When a silversmith finds silver, what do they do? They heat it up and the impurities come to the top. Anything that's not of value comes to the top and he scoops that off And he continues to do that as the impurities continue to float to the top. He removes that until he sees his reflection in the silver. Then he knows that the silver is ready and it's purified. And that's what God is doing with us through the testing time. He is taking all those impurities out of our life until he sees we're ready. And this this does take a lifetime. But it's a process. And if we can embrace that testing and know that God is working it for his good, you know, and that we would come out of it more pure, that we would come out of it with a stronger faith Mm. and a a stronger love, you know, for others, then I, I think we're successful, you know, in what God's allowing in our lives. And so... It, it can be a real time of refinement. in the wait, right? In that quiet time, in that trial, in that struggle, He refines us to make us who He wants to, us to be. And I always think that when all that I have gone through, I'm kind of looking back, God knows the beginning of our life to the end of our life. And He knows what it's going to take to make us more like Him. And if it means a trial, or a tribulation, or even a sickness, He is going to use all of that to refine us and make us better.
0: Mm, I love that. Some great truths there. I'll include some of that in the show notes. Carving out time daily, which seems like, oh yeah, but I mean, it's hard to do. Number one, and it means consistency, or whether you put an alert in your phone or pick a time every day. Just that mm-hmm. that intentionality that's behind that, and then. Embrace the testing rather than push back or question or hurry it. Like you said, the hurried woman. I'm hoping a little bit, Jesse, after COVID 19, that maybe we don't return to such a hurried life. I don't know how this is going to change us as a country, as a nation, but there are some things about life before that I'm not so sure are worth returning to. And so it's going to be interesting to see if this. If this slows us down long enough that we embrace some of that new rhythm that I think we've all been trying to find, you know what I mean? And, um, and I want to ask you to pray over us in just a moment, but tell us a little bit about your new book coming out in September and we'll be really ready for some encouragement after we've finished the season of COVID and all that we've been kind of growing and, and the testing that we've been coming through.
1: Well, yeah, I would love to share a little bit about it. It
0: really came
1: into my heart to have an anniversary piece of more of him ministries, uh, you know, having that ministry for 10 years. And it's it's a small book. It's, it's not a big, long book. You probably will be able to read it in an hour and a half. And it's, it's only three chapters. And the chapters are more of him, less of me, mm. and then how to have a fruitful life for God. You know, with God, and so it really is based off of the ministry verse of John three thirty that He would increase as I decreased, and so that first chapter is just how do we um, allow Him to be more? Right, we want more of Him, less of us, and so it, it's really just learning that. Uh, that he would increase in our life as we decrease and we take, you know, the back seat and allow him to, to take the wheel and, and drive our lives. And then after we've, after we've done that, what do we do now? What, what comes next? How do we live out of that mentality and the fruitfulness of our lives? And in Philippians, it, it tells us, you know, Paul says there, He goes, is it better for me to live or to die? Mm. Right? And God says, you know, it tells that that he says, it's better for you to live right now. And he says, well, if I'm going to live, my life is going to be fruitful. Mm. And I've always felt like, God has allowed me to live through this illness, through this disease, for a purpose and for a reason. He's given each one of us, Angela, you too, you've come through a really tough season of your life and God's given you a purpose. Mm -hmm. He's given your, your listeners a purpose in their life. And now what do we do with that? How do we be fruitful in what he's asked us to do? And I truly believe when we allow him to be, you know, when we have more of him, less of ourselves. And realize that he has allowed all of this in our life to bring us to where we are right now and to live out of that and have a fruitful life because he wants us to live fruitfully for him. And it might be, you know, you're looking at the fruit of the spirit to have more love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, all of that. But he wants us to live to the fullest of our potential. And that is a hundredfold lifestyle of what you called each one of us to do. Wow.
0: That's good. I can't wait to get it. So it's more of Jesus, less of me. That'll be out in September. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And before you pray, I was just thinking again, as you say that this is not a one time this happens in our life and we, and we're done. In other words, like there are times it's waiting, preparation, refining purpose, and then we might do it again, waiting, preparation, refining. I think we just think it's going to be one test and we've arrived. But what I've found is as God grows us more in his image, like you said, that silversmith looking for his own image, there's layers of work God has to do in our lives. It doesn't just all happen at one time. And the more time we spend with him, the more that image becomes crystal clear and edges that are hard or blurry. Are 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 refined and and so I just want to encourage our listeners. Maybe you're wherever you find yourself in that season, whether it's waiting, preparation, testing, and being refined, or being used by God for great purpose. Don't be discouraged, right, Jesse? If if you've got to re kind of revisit the cycle again and go through those same um, periods of seasons again for a new purpose and a new level of what God is wanting. That doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. It may mean you're exactly in the center of God's will and he's just refining you for even greater, greater value and, and, and kingdom potential. So I love that. I feel like your whole, this whole conversation, you've drilled down some of the same critical key things. There's purpose in waiting, There's purpose in refinement. There's value in testing. It's not for us to be discouraged, but us to be encouraged of what God is doing. And just the importance of an intentional life set aside to to make time to spend with God. And then the composite of that over months and weeks and years is such a life well-lived. So, I'm so thankful to hear your story. I don't know. I may have, but to my knowledge, I've never talked to anyone that's had Cushing syndrome. And I just, that's, I'm really, um, I'm just very moved by your ability to to allow it to move you into such a deeper relationship with the Lord, especially as long as that went on for you. And so whoever might be listening, and maybe you're just facing a trial that you just think, when is this thing ever going to end? I hope you're encouraged by Jesse's story and, and reach out and get her books. And I know, Jesse; they can connect with you at moreofhimministries.org, right? Or jessie.sineca at gmail.com. If you want to book her, if you're looking at She Leads, or if you want to buy her resources and go through them with your leadership team or just individually. So, Jesse, thank you so much for what you've deposited in us today. It's just been so rich. I would
1: love to just pray us off this time together and pray for your listeners as well. So let me just pray for us. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for this time together that you have brought us for such a time as this. God, I just pray for those that are listening. Some are going through some hard times right now and maybe struggling and not sure what the outcome is going to look like. I just pray, God, that they would feel your presence even through the airways, God, that they would know that you love them, that you, your thoughts of them outnumber the grain of sand and that you um, see them as the apple of your eye and that you are with them and will guide and direct them. And so God, thank you. Thank you for the struggles. Thank you for the successes. Thank you for all of it because it makes us more like you as we look to you. Help us to look up. Help us to look up when things seem like they're falling in on top of us. And so, God, we just thank you for your love for us, that you continue to watch over us and protect us, guide us, and and, and just give us enough light for the next step that we are going to take, and God, thank you for Angela and for this podcast. Bless her immensely with her work, as she um, listens so well to to the people she is interviewing, and and God, that you would just um, bless her ministry as she goes forward doing all that you have called her to do. So, thank you, God, for this time together. Um, may it bring glory to your name when we pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen.
0: so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected. So be sure to visit AngelaDenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at Angela BOV and Instagram at Angela Denadio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, Leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.